1: That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone.
2: Well, i tell you one thing. I put my career on the line for this. They can take my badge and take my gun and call me a loose cannon. But if I have to break down every law in the books, then damn it, I'm going to do it because I'm doing this podcast because this is beyond the scenes, damn it. This is where we dig into your favorite segments from The Daily Show and we don't stop until we solve them, no matter what the cost. And if you have not guessed by now, we're talking about police and how they're portrayed on TV shows. It's called Copaganda. It's a piece we did about cop shows that have dominated TV for decades and how the portrayal of policing affects our understandings of law enforcement in the real world. Roll the tape.
0: Police dramas are iconic, hugely popular, and now under intense fire from activists who say these shows far too readily portray cops as good and trustworthy. I never put a hand on While undermining real life claims of systemic racism and abuse.
3: Police not only consult on these shows, but they're also very aware that their portrayals impact public perception, and they have a vested interest in making sure that
0: portrayal is positive. Yes, believe it or not, watching cop shows makes a lot of people see the police as infallible. And honestly, I don't blame any of these people. I mean, I'll admit a lot of my perceptions about reality have been shaped by TV as well. Part of the reason it's easy for TV shows to convince people that cops are always right and always good at their jobs is because that's what we want to believe, I think we can all agree that we want people who are gonna enforce laws fairly and effectively so that we don't have to do it ourselves. I know I don't want to do
2: it. Now, to talk a little bit more about this topic, we're going to talk with the people that helped make this piece come together. Two hard-nosed detectives who brought this piece to life and they live for the Daily Show badge that's on their chest. They both own Blue Bloods on VHS and DVD because they're diehards. Uh, One of our Deep Dive producers, Madeline Coons, hello to you.
3: Hello, hello.
2: And one of our writers, Ashton Womack, Ashton, how you doing? Ashton, I heard that you own the whole box set of Law and Order L.A.
4: Yes, I do. Only to learn what not to do uh, and how to avoid the cops. That's what I study. It.
2: <laughs> so for the people who missed this segment, could you all uh, I'll start with you, Madeline. Uh, tell me mm-hmm. what this segment is all about.
3: The segment's called propaganda and a lot of that is just like, it's looking at like just the prevalence of cop shows. I think if you think of, I mean, one is like the most watched genre of like all TV. Like it's the most popular genre of like all TV shows, which is crazy. Um, and just like the, the absolute prevalence of that on TV and like how that actually influences our opinions in real life about law enforcement. Because as we mentioned in the piece, like just like, like most Americans really have such little interactions with police. You know, I think it's like 20% of like all Americans. So like we really don't see the police that often. And yet we have this like deep familiarity with like law enforcement and like the policing system in a way that doesn't quite make sense unless you take into account like the hours and hours of TV watched and like the media that we consume.
4: That statistic you just said was crazy. 20% of all Americans. 20%. Only 20%. meanwhile, 100% of all black people have definitely dealt with the cops. So it's like... (laughs) And What's we're only like thirteen percent of the country. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's like seven percent. Who's the seven percent? Who's seven?
2: They're
3: like, where are you? Step forward. Name what yourself. Lucky like...
2: individual. Uh... Ashton, did propaganda work on you growing up? In the sense of you see these shows where you know, essentially, the police are always right. They do whatever it takes to get the suspect, and you, the viewer, understand. I had to break that rule, otherwise, that bad guy would have gotten away with the thing. How much did television influence your views and opinions of the police?
4: Uh, It never influenced my opinions of the police because I had actual experience with the police. So when you, you can show me something on TV all day, but if I go outside and experience a whole different reality, I'm just disconnected. I don't believe what you're showing me. So I always grew up. That's why, like you said earlier, it was a joke, but I genuinely did not watch, like my mom watched NYPD, uh, New York undercover. That was like probably the one show. Uh, yeah. That's the mom. one that got black people. We watched yeah, that, that yeah.
2: one. Malik. I don't want to age myself, but yeah, I'm in ballpark. Your mama's age. It? Yeah. No, it was Malik Yoba, man. Yeah. Malik, on, I remember him Lonson. and, I, and, I, and I, like was not the Puerto Rican guy. I forgot. in the last act of every episode, they would play music and it would be a live artist. I'm so glad you chose me. So you got to see black music and culture, but we also took them down and yeah. put and them into guys- a system that ain't gonna treat them fairly when they get in front of a judge.
4: That was my experience with watching TV, uh, or watching cops on the TV. I, I would watch cops and obviously root for the people running. I'm like, come on, dog, jump that gate. Jump the gate.
2: Make it. And th- that was so my experience. you watch <laughs> cop shows to root for the criminal? Yes. yes. Someone's That's got to. Someone's got to be on
3: like, that
2: side. I've had, you know, my own experiences. You know, I've I've mm-hmm. said this. You know, I haven't said this often in life, but I've had a gun pulled on me five times. Four of them were police officers. Jesus. Oh, to the point where, if just a regular dude on the street pulled a gun on me, I like them odds better. You almost would be like, show me your badge. Well, in a in a in a weird way, because you know there are certain cops that are gonna follow the rules, and they the training worked fine. But the likelihood of me running into a cop that is nervous is higher than me running into a dude off the corner who's mm-hmm. nervous. Mm-hmm. Because if you just a regular ass dude, robbing somebody is one of the boldest things. that... You've already decided that nothing yeah, can right. happen to you. So within that boldness, oddly, I believe, is some level of decorum. You, you mean, know, like there's honor amongst thieves, but not amongst cops. Apparently. Like that, that's I'm just saying, if you told me a gun was going to get pulled on me tomorrow and I got to choose random dude on subway track or police officer, mm-hmm. I would choose random dude on subway track. And that's a huge testament
4: to policing in America, especially for, for black people. That's crazy that you feel that way. You should be calling. You should be calling the cops on the guy. But instead, you have to. If you call the cops, they go come and pull the gun on you. They ain't gonna think the robber is still in the. He's still here. And then, like,
3: it's... And, and you bring up honestly, like Roy, you bring up a really good point about being like the nervousness of police because I do think like a huge theme and like cop, like cop shows and procedurals is showing like how cops are not only like superhuman, but like they're making these split second decisions, like with a very cool head and almost like moving in a way that's very confident on screen. And so people kind of use that and transpose that, I think when they think of cops in real life, like they don't understand that there is like someone who is being nervous and not, you know, like it it kind of, it pushes that idea that like the decision that the cops are making is always right on TV because they're not hesitating.
2: The, the one thing that I've always found ridiculous in any police show or any police movie is when they commandeer a regular person's vehicle to yeah. keep the car chase going. <laughs> like the robber yeah. takes a motorcycle yeah. and then the cop just, like Bad Boys yeah. 2 is the best example yeah. where the Dan <laughs> Marino was, was on the test drive and they snatched Dan Marino out the car. It's like, come on, you wouldn't do that.
5: Stop the car. Get, get yeah. Police, Pop the trunk. Get out. Get in. I am in the middle of a sale. You have to pull my gun? Oh shit, Dan Marino. What's up, man? Back up, Dan. Hey, you're the truth.
6: Whatever you need, officers.
5: Hey, Marcus, that's Dan Marino. Hey, back up. Let me know oh. how it rides. Oh, he's gonna test drive the shit out this. And it's always
4: like dramatic. They're like holding like some groceries and they're like, what And they throw up some like orange.
3: <laughs> it's the it's the flashing of the badge or not. They're just like, I'm police! And they you know, like they're just like, who is this who is this random dude?
2: I'll say this. The the conversation around propaganda almost ruined Bad Boys Three for me. I'm glad I got that one in just Before under <laughs> the wire. That came out January, the same year of George Floyd, mm-hmm. and like I was like, whew, I'm glad I got my trilogy yeah. now. Yeah. I can <laughs> stop watching them types of movies. What you can you can retire now
3: yeah (laughs) we waited right we like we're not going to do that to you
2: (laughs) (laughs) what made you all want to talk about this piece like just walk me through the the genesis of this conversation in the building did this start in the writer's wing ashton or did this start over in research in the producer wing Mm -hmm. with you madeline
3: um so before so i'm in a like a smaller department called we're called like the deep dive department so you know we do a lot of like looking into Uh, a lot of like non-headline issues. Um, Ashton is our very successful alumnus. So last year, back when he was in Deep Dive, uh, this was about, it was like the end of June, Uh, like the last week of June is like when this aired. So a few weeks before that, when we were talking about just the rise of like the Black Lives Matter protests that were springing up like across the country and the world um, after George Floyd was murdered. It was watching over and over again, you know, both, just watching the news, but also you know, for work, just watching the overwhelmingly peaceful protests, and then seeing the the police brutality that was like being brought into that peaceful space, um, and just seeing those images over and over again, and the videos of people who are very young, you know, but almost always black, um, and and Ashton can talk more about this, uh, but you know, one, one thing that I think. Got me started to think about this issue was just, um, or this piece was more just because, you know, Ashton was protesting and the way that he was beaten by police officers and like seeing that happen so close to home in a way, you know, made me really, it got me thinking a lot of just, again, as one of the, not one of the 21% of Americans who've ever really had uh, run ins or police encounters and just how looking at what was in front of me and how unmemorable. The few in police, like police encounters I've had in real life, are that I just don't remember. Like I don't remember them that much because they're not, they're not consequential in that way. So it was really trying to like get to the bottom of that.
2: Let's stay with that for a second, Ashton. Madeline says she can't even remember most of her encounters with the police. Walk me through some of yours.
4: Uh, I don't even know where where to start. Uh, I mean, even as like growing up and you grew up in a black neighborhood. It's just ingrained in you. I can't even remember the time when I ever thought like police were heroes or, or good. It's always been a negative interaction with my community to the point where like you play cops and robbers. Don't nobody want to be the cops. Everybody's like, yeah, I'm I'm a robber. And you got it's, no one. You saw when you see someone coming in and harassing your community. You don't you don't see them as the good guys. I remember I've had plenty of interactions when I was younger in Texas. I got arrested for weed twice when i was a teenager everybody you know obviously it's proven black brown white kids are kids are doing smoking weed at the same exact uh rate there's no there's no race doing doing it more yet i would hear these insane stories about how my friends would get uh, pulled over and the cops would be like oh you're good oh you're good but if they just smelled anything around us we were going to jail. We had to deal with it we would go. With, we were in probation. We had to deal with getting put into the cycle that keeps people in jail, especially black people
2: telling Unemployed. going.
4: Yeah, exactly. You get put in a situation just because of the color of your skin to be in a cycle of uh, the carceral system. You have to you go to probation. They say you need to find a job and pay these and, and pay these fees or you're going pay back to finance. jail. Well, if I don't have no job <laughs> and I can't I can't pay. If I can't pay, I'm going to jail. I've had a lot of interactions with the police, with the carceral system. It's kind of designed for me to have those interactions. It's it's clear as day that I was dealing with a racist system. And so were all my friends around you. And it's not until hearing stories like Madeline's that it's like, oh, you really had a different experience dealing with the police. It's like that made up a large part of my teenage youth and stress and my mom being disappointed in me and me thinking it plays a it has plays deeper effects on you because you don't think you're going to be able to succeed in life. You feel like you're you've been thrown away. And that would, that's that's I'm sure I'm not the only person who feels that.
2: When we come back to beyond the scenes, we're going to talk a lot more about propaganda, And I know both of y'all got a favorite cop show. So don't even sit here in front like you don't start thinking now. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to ask
3: only one. Okay. Yeah.
2: Don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> you, you have uh, no, Emily, like,
3: you're asking us to name only one. I was like, how can we, how can we choose? The one
2: that I love, I consider one of the best television series of all time. And I'm so ashamed when
5: I tell y'all the premise of the show, Ashton's <laughs> going to be furious. We'll be right back. Oh, here. God. <laughs> the wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher.
2: I'm going to start with you. We're talking about copaganda. Copaganda, which is the deliberate or unintentional portrayal of police in a positive light to thus make law enforcement look very agreeable and as if our criminal justice system is working for everyone when we know that it isn't. But even when we know that, I still think we all have guilty pleasures. There's foods that you're not supposed to eat that you eat, you know, they're bad for you. So we all know there's TV shows that are kind of bad for your mind that you still sometimes check out. Madeline, what is your favorite cop show of all time?
3: I mean, I will say the one that, um, it's not one of the typical procedurals in terms of like cops, but criminal minds. It's all about, like, the FBI, like, profiling serial killers. It follows, like, the same exact formula and the template. And, like, I don't know. It was on all the time when um, I was in grad school. I was in Ireland, and, like, the only TV sh- channel that we got was this like, criminal Criminal minds, like, during the break. And I was like, well, this is what I'm watching. like, <laughs> And I just got so addicted to that show. But it was also really crazy. I was just like, oh, wow, we're exporting, like, the way that we see law enforcement and policing to, like, the rest of the world. Um mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, I watched like all of it and it's not good, but (laughs) it's hugely problematic.
2: Ashton, I already know your answer. You watched New York Undercover, but that's only because Malik Yoba was in it and Ice-T. I grew up watching TJ Hooker. He was in syndication by that point. William Shatner just is a tough LA detective, always in a foot chase with action music playing and all of that. 90s early arts uh, New York Undercover and then Third Watch was a show that I love it wasn't extremely popular but I thought it was well done but my GOAT TV show I have, I have four TV shows that I think are just canon in this television universe The Wire The Sopranos, Breaking Bad and The Shield oh
3: definitely watched some of that. We
2: definitely- it got violent there at the end. Yeah. Uh. Now, when we talk propaganda, <laughs> The, the oh, Shield, I- the, and, and this is going to dovetail into my question about your, you all's research into researching this, this, this segment, but The Shield, for those who <laughs> no, never saw it, example. it was a show about a dirty cop unit. It was based on the Rampart unit in LAPD that was just running roughshod over people in the 90s. But in the show, they're a dirty unit, but they sometimes do the wrong thing for the right. Re- I'm a dirty cop, and I steal, but I steal to pay for the private school for my autistic child. See. What? Yeah. what? You like me, right? No, I hate you. <laughs> there was a cop that was investigating the unit, and this is the pilot of The Shield. I'm not even giving away the series. The first episode, there's a clean cop investigating the dirty cops, and they kill him. And the rest of the series is the length that they go to cover up that crime. Oh, wow. This kind of sounds good. Oh, it's one of the best television shows <laughs> ever written. But...
3: <laughs> I mean, it was a big rise of, like, the antihero. That's like, he was, like...
2: Vic Mackey and Tony Soprano it. were yeah. the only two that existed. Those are mm-hmm. the only two characters that existed where I should hate you, but you do good things. Because he would also do dirty stuff and solve the crime of the week.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But he would break all of the rules to, oh, my daughter's been kidnapped. And it was a Colombian. So then he would go into the hood and chop off eight Colombians. On- my bad, that was the wrong Colombian. Anyway, we found yeah. the girl. God.
3: But we found her in the, yeah, it's very like ends justify means a hundred percent.
2: I bring all of that up to ask you all in the process of researching this, what were some of the common themes that you saw through all of this in terms of the programming?
3: There's like three on the top of my head that come to mind. And like uh, the first one, well, the first one was that like. All these like all these cop shows just like how many there are and like just like the format of the procedural of like solving a crime every week it really makes it seem like violent crime is like increasing or like this like reality that we live in where in fact like violent crime has been like trending downward over time so it's just like but this idea of just like seeing crime all the time makes us like deeply fearful and makes like having a police force necessary mm-hmm. um which i you know is not The way that you need to view the police force especially if you're looking at like funding issues and things like that the second one was more like like this like weird like colorblind magical world where there's like a lot of black and brown people in roles and like judges and like other police officers so it's like there's race but racism doesn't exist so it's just like you're like oh so that's okay that he's chasing that guy because it's not about a systemic problem or like if they do deal with race it's like a very special episode and it's all about like one black cop. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's like, he was mean to me and it's like, must be hard for you, you know? And, and then yeah. it's just like, oh, but it's, it's like the not Wire a It's
2: Wire like... season four. Yeah, yeah, it's like the
3: whole, yeah, exactly. But, You're like, it's that like yeah, one maybe. guy, not a system. It's okay, we're moving on and we're never going to mention this again. Just like this idea of like, I, got, I did what I had to do, you know? Like this idea that like the way that we- have normalized, like, the abuse, like, the intimidation, the, like, boatloads of, like, illegal surveillance that these shows do. And just, like, we normalize that feeling. And so it's excused and justified. And we think, like, the cops have to do it to be good. And so because the police are the good guys that, like, it's almost just, like, even when they're bad, like, the system only works because they the police break the rules. Like, that's the only way the justice system works. We can't just
1: break protocol because we think it's right at the time and expect to get away with it.
4: Normally, I'd agree with you.
5: But in this case, I'd rather ask for forgiveness than permission.
0: As you well know, we will need a warrant to search the
6: house. Agent Callan, these are exigent circumstances. You let me worry about the legal ramifications. If I gotta
5: bend the rules a little bit to get a bad guy off the street, I'm gonna do it. And you would too. Forget warrants. Forget the rules. It's on us
0: to catch him. Ooh, that was cool. Although what that guy was actually saying is, the Constitution is for pussies.
4: I guess the things that stuck out to me as well was like what they didn't show. It was like it was mm-hmm. like the same. The people who wrote these TV shows were the same people who wrote uh, Florida's critical race theory laws. They're like we're taking all the black stuff out. You, know, you just read. Yeah. You don't even pay attention to black stuff, and it's like that's what I paid attention to. Having a uh, uh, cops, they're just trying to trying to make them lovable when. I just never saw a lovable cop and I was like who are these who are these down to earth hu- humane cops there I- and why am I not getting any of them that that was that was what I noticed the most and like like Mads was saying it was how they portray these cops as these like just anti-heroes and and what kind of really did stick out was like seeing them br- br- break the law even in the, their own system like they couldn't say like like I was saying say if they needed something out of evidence locker they would break the law in the police department they would they, they didn't follow the law anywhere they'd be like uh let me i need something out of here out of the evidence locker and they'd be like sorry i'm not allowed to and then they smash their head up against the evidence locker and then they the evidence locker opens up and they're like guess i didn't need you anyway and like they the would just break laws <laughs> like yeah <laughs> it's like you broke the law in the department and it's like to me, what it was upsetting to me because it's like, well, it's you're normalizing this behavior and you're allowing. You're, we, were, we were basically giving sanction to for officers to be that violent and that like aggressive, even all, throughout
3: the entire time. I'm so sorry. I, I pitched this session because we had to watch so much. Like we had to watch so many episodes like okay, yeah. we, we watched we watched a lot was, of TV. It was brutal. A lot of TV. Dun, and dun, a lot of it was super stupid. bad. Um, there was just like some crazy, crazy epic like crazy episodes that I was like how there was a Blue Bloods episode where a cop like literally he chases a suspect you know a suspect who is black into an apartment building like pulls out his gun and is like stop free you know freeze or whatever the guy on the second floor throws himself out of the window lands on the ground and then he like breaks his arm so he's like police brutality police brutality and I was like this is not But it was like a three-minute long you know scene. So like you can't we couldn't use it, but I was just like, who sees this and thinks that's what police brutality is? Police
4: brutality.
5: Wait, wait, don't shoot. Shut your mouth. Hey, back inside the apartment. Tender Apple chance against the wall. I promise I'll throw you out that window.
0: Ah!
2: give me some examples of stuff that you wish it made it into the piece but didn't because of time the kids piece the kids portion mm, mm-hmm. what's that the propaganda that gets shown to children
4: uh and you know slowly indoctrinates them into believing uh that you know everything is good with the policing in america and getting them to which i mean you don't want to like which is it is a fine line to walk you don't want to introduce uh negative thoughts around uh policing but you do want to be honest to your kids about what policing in america is currently and so but we had a vast uh a vast pr system targeted towards children for police paw patrol uh which i think is the most insidious one uh because it's like Cops are, de- I mean, co- uh, dogs are definitely racist, and then now they're cops. there's doubly racist.
3: What? <laughs> <No, laughs> <Yeah. dogs, not laughs> what? Dogs? What? Wow. Dogs don't see colors. Right. They don't. Wow, even... Ashton. Wow. Have
2: you met the Paw Patrol? because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've met them.
3: I don't know, The Paw Patrol
2: live pre-COVID. I don't know, man.
4: Dogs don't see color, and I don't trust that. I'm like, bro, you should I see, see my color. I all
2: of the Paw Patrol was German Shepherds, and you as a black person <laughs> would feel some sort of way based on the German Shepherds' relationship with the black community in the 60s. But I'm not going to let you blanket all dogs. Not all dogs. What a- What about reality TV? Where does reality television fit into playing a the role? There was a television show that used to come on True TV in the early aughts. This is when reality TV was really wild. The show was called Bait Car.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And Bait Car was a show where they would have a nice car and leave the engine running and just leave it we in heard. a low-income mm-hmm. neighborhood. I love that
4: and show. And then
2: some random dumbass would hop in the car. Ooh, the key's in it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they would hop in it, and then a the kill switch would be activated. Mm-hmm. They would be locked in the car, and then the cops would pull up and take them to jail for car theft.
0: Okay, these guys are right up on the car now. Oh. They're in the car. <laughs> Drivers getting in. Stand by. Big
1: car heading north. Okay, shut it up.
5: The kill switch stalls the engine and locks up the windows and doors.
0: Right Oh. I've been.
2: I've been. Oh! it.
5: They are off! i Ivan! in i It's too late. How are we going
6: to do it, dog?
2: It's like the police were creating mm-hmm. scenarios of crime, crime instead of yeah. going to find crime. Like a show like that, and I'll be honest, you're right. It was entertaining, Ashton, <laughs> it was. because the funny in it was watching people trying mm-hmm. to figure Try out now. how to get out the car.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, the, and you were, and like for me, when I would watch a uh, bait car, I would always I know what the outcome is going to be. I know every single time they going to jail. Yeah but I still would be like come on brother it's like rooting for the Washington generals versus uh the Harlem Globe Trotters you know they going to lose but yeah, I mean you they get they got one fan in me like uh yeah
2: it just never really hit until you know you know a year or two later where you're just like you knew like well should the police be doing this anyway it's entertaining then years yeah. later you go
3: wait like that's really messed that's up messed yeah up. reality TV is almost like its own you know own Piece in itself because it's just so expansive. Mm -hmm. Um, So we really didn't have time to fit that into the piece. But like we did, we did look into a lot of reality TV and it's Mm -hmm. deeply disturbing to watch. And it's also just, um, I learned a lot more about the show Cops, though, which uh, I think everyone watched, whether they realized it or not. It was on everywhere. It wasn't all bad, man.
4: It's like sometimes I got to watch You're some like, of my favorite great. clips from. Yeah, I got to watch some of my favorite clips from cops. There was one clip on there I remember watching. It was like the, this like one, this one lady, she went to a cop and she was like, this lady, this drug dealer, I was trying to buy drugs and she ain't selling me the drugs. And then the cop was like, what? Right, show me who it is. She went to the lady and she was like, ma'am, did you not sell her drugs? And she was like, first off, officer, I'm not a drug dealer. I'm a prostitute.
2: I don't sell crack. I'm a prostitute.
4: And then we were like, "Well, what? <laughs> what is that?" So there's classic clips. Don't get it wrong. Uh, cops got some, you know, good good stuff, there's but also it's a yeah. terrible show. It's a terrible show.
3: What I didn't know actually before doing this piece was just like the history behind Cops and how it was really used as this like PR vehicle. Mm-hmm. So it started to like get big after it was like a year or two after the um, the police beating of Rodney King. Is like the mm-hmm. the show Cops was invited by. Um, they got permission to film in L.A. Mm -hmm. And it was specifically to rehab the image of Mm -hmm. the LAPD to make them like Give like receive better coverage, and like mm-hmm. that became the cops' models. They know what they're doing. They're rehabbing their
4: image. Like when Justin mm-hmm. Bieber did the just roast to Justin Bieber, it's like, oh, this is to rehab his image. That's literally yeah, <laughs> the cops. That's,
3: that's cops. Like yeah. The, <laughs> the roast
4: of the San Diego Police
2: Department. <laughs> cops did get taken off the air during the George Floyd um, uprising in this country. At least no new episodes. I've heard rumors that it's starting to seep back into syndication in certain places. But uh, I want after the break, I want to talk to you all about the future of propaganda and where we go from here now that we as a country are actually aware of what the hell is going on. Also, we need to talk about why all these rappers end up being cops at some point. (laughs) LL Cool J a cop on Mm. NCIS. Ice-T is a cop. um, uh, The Ice Cube is a cop and Ride Along. We need to talk (laughs) about that transition from F the police (laughs) too, how much you gonna pay me an episode? Can I I apply to the police?
5: (laughs) (laughs) This is beyond the scenes. We'll be right back. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South side. When a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner, Lena Waithe battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner
2: I wanna talk about where can we go from here in changing public perceptions through entertainment because I'm gonna be honest. I have two cops in my family, Chicago suburbs and a Mississippi State Trooper. A Lot of cop work is mundane. It's weird. It's It's talking to a prostitute who supposedly sold me drugs, but she's not even a drug dealer. It's that type of stuff. <laughs> A television show's job is to tell a story to wrap you up in the story with drama and conflict. So you need conflict if you want a show to be good. If you're telling them the truth about policing, it's probably gonna be boring. You need some drama. I'll give you a perfect example, Ashton. The Shield, season five. Anthony Anderson was the villain. He had killed a girl and hid the body. And they spend the whole season trying to find the body of this girl. Vic Mackey finds out that Anthony Anderson's son is in prison in a minimum security jail. So Vic Mackey has his son transferred to maximum security where all of Anthony Anderson's street gang enemies are incarcerated knowing what they'll do to his son. And Vic Mackey used the threat of prison rape and traumatizing a 19 year old to find the body of the dead girl and bring the family justice.
3: Can can we all vote right now for the Shield dramatization podcast, just by Broy? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I would listen to that.
2: <laughs> was you not enthralled by that, that storyline?
4: Yeah,
3: now? I'm. Li- yeah,
2: <laughs> that's how you get leverage on a yeah. criminal. I, I don't Black women, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like I, it, I know that that's not realistic. But are there any show like? Because to me, there are aspects of police work that I don't know anything about, and that I do. To a degree, help inform me. I will say that Law & Order SVU, by and large, was a great part of my education on just how terrible a gender men are.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, And that's a show, it, it's not an easy show to watch, even with Ice-T, with his perm. I feel like that's why they have Ice-T in that show, is to make it more digestible for, for Black people, because, you know, <laughs> it's so serious and heavy. And then Ice-T just walks in around, man, he did it, man. We got to take him down. Whoa, is that a body over there? It's just
4: like, yeah, that's a body. <laughs> that's a body over there, Ice-T. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, 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 I Well, 100%, that is like one of the things that we, we were running into. Not running into, but we, were, we discovered is, and we kind of already knew, is that a lot of what they show is violence. They over sensationalize, sensationalize the violence aspect of police work. And they minimize the actual police, the work of the police work, which when you, you hear at these protests, you hear about it all the time. You hear that like the police are overworked. They have too many jobs. There should be mental health counselors going out for certain, uh, to deal with certain problems instead of sending a police officer. That's why, you know, a large percentage of police shootings end up being, Disabled, mentally disabled, or handicapped people because they just they only know how to, not they only know how, but they're dealing with problems that shouldn't you need a hammer. You probably should give to other people, but it's it is an oversensationalization of police violence, and I think you
2: definitely got to start there. Madeline, do these shows have a responsibility to be socially conscious or to just be entertaining?
3: I mean, I think there's there's a a space between there where it's like if you're going to try to push like a realistic genre, like policing doesn't exist in a vacuum in our society. It has like very real implications. Um, I mean, I will say watching SVU, which is a show that I loved and I loved Olivia Benson. It did make me feel like I would be kidnapped at any time, anywhere in the city, uh, because that's what happens at the beginning of the episode. Um of like every episode is like this woman has kid- been kidnapped. They will find they will beat up the suspect until they get her location and they will save her just in time. But yeah, I mean I think you know, one of the thing one of the reports that really helped this piece was uh, Color of Change did this like massive study of co- like police procedurals. Uh, and they, they released this like really large report. It was called like normalizing injustice. And one of the stats they found, um, which I think Ashton, you can talk more about this, being a black writer. You know, in often a very white space, but 81% of the writers on these scripted TV shows are are white. So you're you don't have mm. the demographics reflecting the reality. So I mean, maybe it's less of a an outright responsibility, but like if they're going to try to tell stories, it's like you don't have enough voices in the room to actually tell that story. In to tell it balanced and mm-hmm. tell it properly. Yeah. yeah. So I think you're... that's why we're seeing a lot of these uh, a lot of these storylines. I know,
2: I know, Viacom CBS. Who's a proud parent company of the Daily Show and the Beyond the Scenes Podcast? Viacom CBS and other networks, they've hired, you know, a lot of consulting groups to police their portrayal of people and the criminal justice system in their program. And it's almost like they've like companies have had to hire like it's not enough to just cancel cops and say you're not mm-hmm. gonna show cops anymore, but now you need someone to come in and audit your whole situation to find where your racial blind spots are.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: And
2: that's you know. You know, all love the
4: Paramount, but it's crazy that you have to do that when you can just hire people of color or people who've experienced those things. You wouldn't need a consulting group if you, you know, if if this country's done the right thing and put people and allow people to tell their own stories.
3: I'd say just especially like if no harm was coming of this, like maybe they don't have a social responsibility, but like we've already we've seen that these shows are like actively shaping our perceptions of police, right? In a way that doesn't match reality and that might be deeply harmful for certain people in society um, who have a lot less power. So, yeah, I think there is I think something has to change. um, and It has to change just as much behind the camera as in front of it. So
4: I think one of the things we did learn while researching this was how we probably said it already but how these shows literally they created the perspective of of kind of black people in policing and why it was okay to be overly brutal to black people in America because they're watching these police shows and the criminals though though there was this notion of having like they, the the cop shows would have black police chiefs and all that you would still have the criminals uh, be uh, over, overwhelmingly black or PLCs and it Kind of justified in America's mind, the brutality and that it needs to happen, and that is like that—that is the problem. When someone else has control over your image, they—they have the control over my image. They can do with it what they will, and they put that image in other people's minds. And now I have to deal with the consequences of what they've put in people's minds. Actually, excuse me. Oh, Oh, go go ahead. Go ahead. No,
3: I just—I had a question for you because you mentioned that you had police officers in your family, and I'm wondering how they're affected by watching cop shows and like how, if that changed your perception of watching cop shows? Cause I didn't, I mean, I don't have any law enforcement in my family. So it really was like being raised by Olivia Benson, you know,
2: talking to them taught me the mundaneness, the, the overwhelming mundaneness of police work, which I think feeds into the, when something, Oh, you got some action it feeds into that oh shit y'all this is mm-hmm. everything that I've been trained to stop because this mm-hmm. is the one thing that I should always be careful about like when I saw bad boys too the thing that's always made me laugh about police work in general on television is after they shoot somebody and then they just go on about the rest of the case like you're supposed mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. pulled off and take 14 days and go see the psych,
4: psych card yeah yeah mm-hmm.
2: you're supposed to go do all like bad boys too they blew up the whole freeway
3: <laughs> and there was no paperwork they're just like great there was
2: no paperwork <laughs> good job boys keep it the case you, you destroyed cuba. 16 billion dollars worth of city
4: damage and goddamn it you do it again and like yep. they get comp a pat on the back
2: <laughs> they went to cuba without clearance from the government <laughs> to save will smith's girlfriend <laughs> And blew up a mansion. So they, Bad Boys 3 should have just been them coming back from suspension for the last 15 years. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a black question for you, uh, Madeline. Just sit this one out. I was like, please, don't say, please <laughs> don't say me. Please
3: <laughs> don't say me. I thought he was going to say you.
2: <laughs> Denzel's Oscar and training day. Proud moment or no? As a dirty cop.
4: I mean, obviously, I think it's very nuanced. Proud moment because wasn't it like one of the first times a black uh, actor was able to get uh, be awarded at that at that height? For but it lead. had to, yeah. yeah. But it had for to be f- for being a crooked, dirty cop. I, I mean. They could have gave that to Carl Winslow. He, you know, he should have been. If we're, Why you got, why we got to start with the dirty cop? Carl Winslow was a great cop and he taught America uh,
2: good values and he didn't get awarded at all. So I, I don't have know. to say, as far as propaganda goes, Carl Winslow really did come home with a good attitude for somebody who was on the Chicago Ca- PD. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Winslow was Chicago PD. Yeah. He, and Urkel was his worst problem. No, the yeah. GDs down the street. <laughs>
4: You worried about the rock.
2: (laughs) Are these changes enough? It's what's happening, is that enough, or is there more that needs to happen? And if so, what else can we do? Or do we just wait and see? Do we just blacken up these writers' rooms, blacken up these diversity panels and consulting hire black consultants and see where that gets us in a couple of years? Or are there more drastic things that you all would like to see happen in the in the short term?
4: I think it's not enough, but I I don't think it's enough. I think we are skimming the surface of how we are truthfully telling the the nations, um, the, the, the relationship we have, the, America has with the police. I don't think there's any story out there that's actually actively portraying how current modern day America, America's relationship with the police. That not that being said, that doesn't mean to go on the other uh, opposite end and just be like, All cops are, you know, have a show called a cab and then just, uh, you know, just show the negativity uh, and only show just the worst, the worstness of cops. Because that's not the case either. But we have to find a way to tell the true story of policing in America. I know it's entertainment. I know it's TV. I know it's entertainment. But for the past, like 30 years, it it was maybe longer than that. It has not told the real story, and it's had a negative consequent consequence
2: on many Americans. Madeline, what stories surrounding policing and our criminal justice system would you like to see told?
3: I mean, I agree with Ashton. I think that we haven't really seen a real, like a real portrayal. So I do think showing that. I also think there, I mean, there, there just needs to be more space for other stories that doesn't like that don't only tie black people to policing as well, right? Like we can't only have stories of tragedy. You know, I think like showing the full spectrum of humanity, which is often not shown on police proce- procedurals, like you just need space for like other shows as well. Um, but again, a lot of that change happens like, you know, in the writer's room. I mean, I guess, I mean, I'm kind of curious now, like, cause you're both actors. Like, would you want to be, would you be in a police procedural? Like, would you take a role as a cop or oh, a detective? Like me
4: if I want to play a slave? Uh,
3: no, 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 I just, I'm just, kid, cause I'm just like how, I- like, I guess that's like, If it was changed, I I mean, I just, I don't, I don't, I think it has to change a lot, but I don't know exactly how.
2: Well, I had a sitcom that was originally in development here at Comedy Central where I played a probation officer. And for me, I wanted to show the redemption side of the criminal justice system because I feel like that's something that we don't see enough of. Mm -hmm. Most shows that involve the criminal, the legal system, it's either the cop, it's the case, or it's jail. Mm-hmm. But there's never anything on the other side of that. I would say the only show in the last couple of years to even come close to that is The Last OG on TBS. Mm-hmm. And that's really more the first two seasons where we see Tracy Morgan's character going to a halfway house. Mm-hmm. And that's really not about the criminal justice system as much. as That show is more about one man's journey back from all of that. It's not really peeling back the layers of probation and the bullshit and everything you go through and keep this job. But you got a job, but the job is out of your travel district and the judge won't give you clearance to go to the next county to work. So now you're in violation because you're two payments behind on your restitution. Like they don't really get into that on the last OG, but that's definitely, you know, that's definitely been a show that I've enjoyed seeing kind of explore just a different part of that world. They do that in
4: Atlanta. There's like scenes of in Atlanta in in the, in the TV show Atlanta. Earn or um, Childish Gambino's character, he gets arrested, and you keep and throughout the season, you see him still having to go to probation office. He calls out, "Oh wow, I have oh uh, if I don't pay, I'm going to jail." And people, I don't think a lot of Americans recognize that. When you get arrested, no, it means specifically, especially for something as inconsequential as marijuana. There's millions of Americans dealing with, have been put in a system where. They their their life is now a Jenga, uh, a Jenga table and one false move can have that entire uh, thing come crumbling down. And that's that's the situation you're put in. You're put in a situation where your future is literally at jeopardy and that pressure you feel. It's not just dealing with police brutality. The brutality continues after you get after you come out of jail and trying to get a job, trying to vote, trying to change laws. There's so many things that you still have to deal with it and the pressure is constantly
3: on you. So, so yeah, yeah I, I, wanna, like I wanna see more stories like Ashton's story. Cause like you were saying, it's very like, what you're saying is like, I've you grew up around a lot of people who had very similar experiences with, like you, but yet that's not really reflected. Like the truth of that is not reflected in, on, on screen. Yeah. So those are the stories yeah. that absolutely need telling.
2: Ashton's just an innocent kid. Yeah, Ashton's an did. innocent kid minding his business, but he knows the guy that sold the drugs that OD'd the girl. And Detective Vic Mackey pulls it. <laughs> takes Ashton and, and chokes Ashton's him up like, and I'm puts him And like, I'm not a drug dealer, I'm a wall.
3: prostitute, yeah. Oh okay? <laughs> yeah,
2: you're not a drug dealer right now, yeah. but if I take this crack cocaine and put it in your pocket, that's 10 years. <laughs> Where's T-Bake? Tell me where T-Bake is. I ain't telling you shit, copper. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the time we have for today. I'm pretty sure we fixed Copaganda. Special thanks to you, Madeline, and special thanks to you, Ashton, uh, for going beyond the scenes with me today. Hopefully, we've taken you beyond the scenes. Take care, everybody. Um, I'm going to go re-watch The Shield now. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a good show. I think I, think I am, too, honestly. Yeah, I think I'm great. a huge fan ah, now,
4: Yeah. Bro. Everybody go watch The Shield. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the...
2: <laughs> he went on a date. A forest, but look, I know the music is playing. I know I'm supposed to <laughs> shut up now. I don't care. Forrest Whitaker was internal affairs and was investigating Vic Mackey. Vic Mackey went on a date with his ex-wife just to break him down. Whole yeah. <laughs> world, that ain't even cop. spoiling yeah, it. That's, a dirty dirty <laughs> that's a dirty cop. That's <laughs> a dirty cop. He's
4: dirty macking and dirty copping.
0: Yeah.
2: Yo. Oh. Yo. We'll see y'all next week. Yo, yo, yo. Listen to The Daily Show Beyond the Scenes on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to go even further beyond the scenes? Check out the video version of Beyond the Scenes on The Daily Show's YouTube page.